Hello and welcome to the Foxfire Farmhouse. Welcome back. I'm Josh, one of the hosts here on the podcast. And I'm Elijah, one of the hosts here on the podcast. <laughs> and we're here to talk today about all things storytelling and digital media. Oh yes. That's kind of our thing. That's what we talk about, it's what we do, it's what we like to like to be about. Yeah, we like to be about movies yep. here in the podcast realm. We like to be about a lot of things. We, we uh, find ourselves talking about all sorts of things on the podcast. Yes. And most of the time, it's a lot of rabbit trails from movies. Yes. We, we, start, we start at movies. We start with movies. And then we go we out. go somewhere else. Which is usually to another movie. And then we string a few movies together, daisy chain them, yeah. and then come back. Yeah. We bring it back in. It's like, a, like the organ trail of movie podcasts. <laughs> the organ trail. <laughs> 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 and very often we die along the way. Yes, you know? yeah, we, we die of uh, certain dehydration. Certain ideas go yeah. dead. We leave, you know, dead cattle behind. Yeah, leave a child or two. <laughs> yeah. A couple of our brain childs. It's a, it's, a, it's a dangerous world in which we live. Yep, it's a, it's a rough and tumble life in the podcast world. Yeah. The barren, barren wild west. Yep. But Although there are always things that we can talk about. Yeah when it comes to movies and digital media that uh, we're going to talk about some of that today. We're going to bring you some of the some of the information about the world going on in movies. Oh yeah. Breaking news. <laughs> today. Netflix has uh, taken a big dive in their stocks. They have. It was what Very was it? Big. Over 20%? Yeah. And they've lost a lot of, like, due in part, largely in part to the loss of subscribers. Yeah. And so there's a lot of conjecture as to why this is happening. Yeah. And it's with something like Netflix, it's really hard to pin down any one thing as being, this is definitely it. And everyone is going to have their reasons they think it is. Theories. But what what would you say? What Where, where would you start to look? Um... Personally, I would look at the fact that we're post-COVID and people are less in their homes. The workforce has largely returned yeah. uh, back to normal working or eight hours a day, five days a week. And so they can't watch all of Bridgerton in uh, one day, as uh, many people of which I know watch. <laughs> yeah. I haven't watched it, but it was just what came to mind. Um, and that and just the fact that I feel like, honestly, it's kind of getting a little stagnant. And yeah. They're the top dog, even with the 20% hit. They're still the top dog in streaming services. Oh, wow. But, yeah, I think uh, people are largely, it's a money issue because they hike their price uh, and their subscriptions. Uh, the potential crackdown on uh, family sharing of passwords could also have been. <laughs> yeah, that could <laughs> a contributing factor. away from it, yeah. I don't know. What, what do you think contributed to this? Oh, I think all of that's probably spot on. Yeah. I don't know that there's... Uh, I'm also would be interested to know how the COVID production schedules play into that. Oh yeah. Just in terms of what kind of, what are the shows that would have been coming out right now that mm. aren't just simply because productions were delayed? Cause we're still dealing with the Stranger delayed things schedules. Sure. Yeah. That's so been like delayed by quite a lot, both the right. last season and this season. And so, so in that case, one of the flagships, right? Something that really carries and keeps people mm -hmm. tuned in. Yeah. And uh, so all these things have been delayed. So I just wonder if that's not part of it and that once they get production fully ramped up, if that will start to bring people back, you know. Yeah. But again, like you're saying, 
people aren't stuck in their homes anymore like they were. No. So I don't know that. Yeah. I don't know they're going to come back in the same ty- type of numbers, but yeah. we'll see. I think I think what you're seeing is a lot of people placing bets like from the commercial realm and the and the industry placing bets on or have our did place bets, put their eggs in baskets for how people would come out of out of COVID and how the industry would look out of COVID. And I think you're seeing certain realities are different than what they're what they're thinking and potentially could be going in a different direction. So I think that that's largely I mean we're going to get into the subject later, but that's that's a big a big part of this pendulum is we don't really necessarily know yeah, where right. where we're going. I mean, plenty of things can pop in the way and turn on a dime. I mean, there's a lot of global things that right. have that have happened recently. So and with COVID too, another factor in all of that mm-hmm. is that once COVID hit, then everyone ran to streaming services. Oh yeah. So everyone started coming up with their own things. We've got Paramount Plus now. Mm-hmm. We have uh, what was the? There's another new one that came out uh, during COVID. I mean, but Disney, then you've got Disney Plus came out. Just before just COVID? before COVID, yeah. yeah, and so then, but then you've got a lot of production being. Th- there's a lot more competition mm-hmm. for what platform your movie or your show is going to land on. HBO Max came out during. That's true. COVID, HBO yeah. Max was a massive one Brought because they took all of to Warner Brothers from. Cinema, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so there's just a lot of factors playing into what's going on with Netflix. I don't think it's the end of Netflix. Boys, no. <laughs> yeah, this isn't the this isn't the beginning of the end for them. No, that is for sure. No, they're right. gonna keep going. Yeah, maybe pivot a little bit. But we'll yeah, we'll just have to see what happens, and we'll talk more about uh, movie production in the future yeah. uh, here in just a little bit. Cool things. You know what's cool? What's cool? This new mixing board we have for this podcast. <gasps> I didn't even notice. The, so the. Like, this is definitely the coolest thing. If you're on YouTube, you can see the thing here. Look but at uh, we... Just look at it. For those of you who don't know, uh, typically, we'll, if you, you're not aware of how people typically produce stuff, yeah. typically what happens is what we do, where we record the episode, then I go in and I edit it, mm-hmm. and I add the music, and I add the, uh, the uh, different stingers in between, like you just heard with the cool things. Yes. And so we edit all of those things together. But with this particular mixing board that I just got that's made specifically for podcasting, we've got a sound pad with all of the music look, cues look. queued up. So if you hear weird things in this episode, this is uh, this is take one, episode yes. zero of uh, our recording. Which we 100% didn't start the <laughs> podcast and not record on this new setup. We, we most definitely did yeah, not record our we entire didn't get intro. Good, good eight minutes into the podcast. Before realizing <laughs> <laughs> that we were not recording. Yeah, yeah. But it is super cool. It looks cool and it, it just feels cool. I think it's actually legit. recording with uh, live music. So it's, it's pretty It's nice being on awesome. this other side of the podcast world because before doing this, I didn't know any of this. And this so. is sick. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I enjoy it. So what's going on for you? What, what have you been finding cool this week? Oh man, so many things. Um, speaking of Netflix. Uh, I was watching uh, Making Fun, uh, which is an amazing show on Netflix. It's, uh, I wouldn't, I mean, I would say it's directed towards children. Uh, Like, it's a family show where you can all watch it together, but it's uh, a couple of these uh, makers uh, that are popular on YouTube. You have uh, Darista, and there's just a a swath of of a couple other dudes. Like, it's a circle of dudes that used to be, some of them used to be engineers, toy makers, and they all are really good with working with their hands, working with metal, working with wood. And uh, they, they all take these calls from these, these children and they go, they think of these crazy ideas and they're like, I want a, a cat that, that 
a cat catapult that launches cat litter at something and then it explodes. And then they're <laughs> like, yeah, we can do that. And they and then That's they awesome. do it. Um, really? And then they throw a little twist in the middle of it. And uh, but it's it's really it's really cool for like especially the dads because there's so much so many tools. It's all like Milwaukee. They have CNC machines. They have welders. Awesome. They got they got a lathe. They got everything. And it's 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 hilarious. The guys are really funny. You'd want to hang out with all of these guys. Yeah, that's cool. And uh, also from like the film aspect of it, the editing, and just how f- how hilarious it is. Yeah, it's so funny. Like it's just packed with like memes and like really funny editing and songs. And I w- me and my brother-in-law were up at like two, two o'clock in the morning, like midnight to two, just watching this show. That's that was cool. largely meant for families, and we were just <laughs> right. cracking up thinking it was hilarious and so yeah it's just really wholesome you can watch it with all of your family that's awesome and i really wish it was a show when i was a kid because it's just really cool that's cool that'll Check inspire you to go build build your own creations with your that children inspired me to buy more tools is what it's gonna <laughs> do <Yeah>. so <laughs> yeah, i think i think i need a welder definitely let your husband watch the show yeah it's it's, <laughs> it's the dream shop it's really it's amazing that's awesome. It. <laughs> it's like watching, uh, is it Adam Savage with Tested on YouTube, yeah. where it he does all of the different types of builds of random stuff. Exactly. It reminds yeah. me of Mythbusters. Like, they do a little Mythbusters joke mm-hmm. in the middle where they do, like, a an edit where, like, they cut the thing out, and then they drop the thing that says Darista on it for making fun. Oh, yeah. Oh. Nice. Ooh. Hang on. Hold up. Karate chop. Karate chop to the microphone. Yeah, good old callback to our uh, old... Uh, Karate Kid episode. Yes. <laughs> Swipe the leg. <laughs> anyway, that was my cool thing. Sweet. That is very cool. I'm going to have to go check that out. Definitely need to. And now, our feature presentation. <laughs> Albert Muller has a podcast called The Briefing, in which... we got beef with him. He, we've got a beef with Albert Muller. Big old beef. He said movies are dead. If you don't know who Albert Muller is... <laughs> He is the president. Is he currently the president of the Southern or Baptist? At least was for a while. I think he still is. Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, mm-hmm. and a Boy all-around theologian. Like he's a theologian, historian, slash cultural commentator. Uh, he's a hard one to define. He has many in terms hats. Of what he does, and he does it well. He does. He carries it with style. Yeah, he does. <coughs> and so this podcast, the briefing, is just. I think it's. Uh, he calls it daily commentary on. News and events Vince. from a Christian worldview. There you go. See, <laughs> Elijah's even got the Listen to uh, it every morning. Memorized. <laughs> yeah. So right after the Oscars, he did an episode and talked, of course, about Will Smith and the situation there. Mm-hmm. But then he also uh, referenced a an article by Ross Douthat, a columnist for the New York Times. He does a lot of uh, Christian cultural commentary, but he also does movie reviews. Yeah. I believe. Uh, at National Review, or uh, he, he worked. He was the chief editor for the Atlantic, and then is now just a uh, opinion columnist in the mm-hmm. New York Times. Yeah, there's somewhere he does movie reviews for, though. Yeah, I don't. So, I don't know so that. he's he's definitely he's been in the movie world mm-hmm. doing um, movie critic type stuff for a long time as well. Yeah, uh, but appreciate his writing, really well yeah, written. Yeah. So I didn't get. I didn't go read the article. I only read and heard Albert Muller's take on it. So you read the article. So how I would did. you describe what Ross Douthat says? Because what Albert Muller seems to be saying that he's saying that Douthat is saying is yeah. that movies are dead. And a friend of yeah. ours immediately texted us and said, "Hey guys, wrap up the podcast. 
Albert Muller says. <laughs> Albert Muller says movies are dead. <laughs> and that must mean that they're dead. So, so we want to talk about this. But first of all, what what is the what kind of is his article about? So the the overall the overall tone is basically like er, he he ad, he addresses the fact that everyone's talking about oh well the Oscars are dead man like they're trying to reinvent themselves they're dead just say they're dead and he's like yeah the Oscars are dead um, but you know what's dying is movies not mm. necessarily like watching film um, but watching film together in a theater as that cultural experience. Um, is largely going away because of, because the money is going to different things. It's going to streaming. It's going, lo- yeah, largely to streaming and onto your phone and onto the small screen of your house. Yeah. And so we're losing that experience that we had, and he, he brought up an example of the fact that, uh, like, it used to be, like, a coming of age as well was to watch your first rated R movie. Like, that right. was, that was yeah. something that, like, that happened in a theater. But no longer does that happen in a theater. It happens in your home where, like, and it's and it doesn't happen communally either. It happens on your own phone by yourself, and so right. you lose you lose the aspect. And he makes the the comparison to uh, it being like a church, uh, where everybody kind of communes together and watches the movie and uh, gets to just have that kind of fellowship in a way, uh, which I thought was really interesting. And yeah. obviously, Moeller caught on to that and went, "Oh, it's a flag. Should probably talk about this." Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and and his thing wasn't just a naysay. He he just provided. Uh, the direction that this will most likely go, um, or good directions to take this, mm-hmm. how to preserve film, um, uh, and kind of what it, what the landscape is pro- probably going to look like in the next yeah. decade. So, what do you think then about that kind of thesis? Do you think movies are dead? I would say, largely, most of the people I know only go to see a movie once a year, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's it's. I think will become more of a novelty if it continues on the track that it's going. Most people only go to see like like all of the great filmmaker auteur filmmakers have decried. People are only going to see Spider Man, No Way Home, or Avengers. Yeah, and nobody's right. going to see their uh, the Last Duel or the the Corded or any of these like or the Calvaries like these are mm-hmm. these artisan films, and uh, largely that wasn't that wasn't the case previously. Like people would go to see these more older films. Um, but now, uh, and what he talks about in his, uh, uh, article is just the fact that things that people go see are more for a teenage, uh, sensibility. There's no like adult movies that are making it like even like the adult movies are like Deadpool. Right. That's what's yep. good passes as an adult thing, but it's largely based off of teenage. Yeah. It's an teenage likes. Style. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's, so that's really interesting. the the cultural taste and what people will sacrifice their money and their time to go see is that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. That's for sure. No, I, I think yeah, I think that it's it is it is largely going away in terms of like how much money. Like I think uh, the Northman is coming out. Yeah, yeah. already came yep. out this weekend. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of the greatest examples of what's happening. They put so much money into advertising for it. Um, even uh, Eggers talked about this. They're they're putting so much money into this movie as if it will return as a Braveheart. Mm. And he's like, that is not what my movie is. Like, it's it's a, a weird stepbrother of Braveheart at that. Okay. And so it's not going to return the way it is. And so, I mean, uh, what's his face kind of, uh, oh, what's his name again? <laughs> the, the article guy. Oh, Ross Douthat. Yeah. Yes, Ross. I'll go with Ross. <laughs> okay. uh, Ross, uh, Ross talked about that and just the fact that, uh, uh, that's kind of the, the what's happening is that that uh, studios are most likely going to have to pivot 
and they're going to have to, yes, maybe put in the money on your Batmans, your Spider-Mans, um, and put all that money out in advertising, but um, and charge regular admission or maybe more than admission with what they did with Batman. Batman was more expensive than anything like any other movie. It wasn't just a general ticket. It was a Batman ticket. And so one of the options that Ross gives is that you have your big ones that have all the advertisement, have all the trailers, but then you also have your artisan films that have less advertising, less trailers, and you just go to watch the movie and it's maybe a cheaper price than going to see Batman. Mm. And so that's yeah. a potential way to go about right. recovering yeah. film. So something that I think of when I hear people talk about uh, movie watching and movie being movies being dead, specifically like movie theaters, people aren't going to see movies. Of course, this was a topic of conversation before COVID and after COVID. We're still waiting to see how they recover. Yeah. So there's still a lot of questions in the air that are really a result of the COVID lockdowns. Mm -hmm. And we're still trying to figure out what it looks like on the other side of that. But what I th think is interesting, or what intrigues me is just where do people gather, right? Like where do people in any space come together to do anything together culturally in our time, right? Like, uh, like yeah. it's not that they're not at the movie theaters because they're somewhere else mm -hmm. in terms of they're at a different cultural gathering. It's they're just in their they're bedroom. Home. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. They're online, they're on Facebook, they're on Instagram. They're on HBO they're Max on, on their phone. They're watching, yeah, they're watching TikTok and swap, jumping over to HBO Max to catch a show and then going back. You know, like it, it's just, it's not the same viewing, it's not the same cultural moment yeah. that it was in the past. Yeah. And so then what, so I, I think there's some really interesting opportunities to go forward yeah. with this. One thing I think is that obviously streaming is the future in terms of, at least the, and when I say the future, I mean, it's what is, where you're going to put your movie now. Yeah. Nine times out of 10, maybe 99 times out of 100. If you're going to make a movie today, your target, need, you need to start with the idea of an online yeah. release. You plan your budget around that because if you don't, you're going to have Matrix. You're going to have all these yeah. movies oh, that, man. that tank are, so hard. And you are not the Matrix. So yeah. like, you don't need, you have no hope. Yeah, it's like the Northman. You're, it's not Braveheart. It's yeah. you're setting it up for failure when you put all that money into it. Absolutely, and it, it's it's not what you think it is. And if you don't have any of that like IP that's already been established mm -hmm. to bank on, yeah, then good luck. You know? Yeah. So <laughs> you better figure out a way to get onto the platforms where people already are. Yeah. And then just pray that the gods of the algorithm will <laughs> will <laughs> smile upon you. Yeah. And they, and of course, there's things you can do to you know do a better release or a worse release. So it's mm -hmm. not that it's totally outside of your hands. Yeah. It's just that the picture is very different. So filmmakers have to be starting with that particular end in mind. Yeah. And the movie release is not the same thing it used to be. Mm -hmm. So it used to be the that's the big thing we're after. Mm -hmm. If you get a movie, it's legit if you get it in theaters. Yeah. And it's not if you're selling it on Blu-ray or DVD and exactly. on Amazon. But now the temptation would be to think the temptation has been to think, okay, there are theater movies are the real ones, and the streamers, uh, you know, they're the DVD. Yeah. Well, that's just not the case now. Mm -hmm. And so you've got to adjust to that reality. We are in a new time. And honestly, like, I love movies, and I love the theater experience. Yeah, me too. Yeah. But I don't go to see nearly as many movies in the theater as 
you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I just don't. I, so for all of my love of movies, mm-hmm. that's not really how I consume them the majority of the time. Mm-hmm. It's only for very particular films that I am going. And the truth is, is that the majority of the types of films I would enjoy and want to watch aren't in the theaters. You know? yeah. So like it doesn't, you know, that doesn't work out either. So I think it get there. So, so where would you want to go forward with this or where, where so would you see opportunity? I, I think I, I think I, I obviously like I, I think I would agree with uh, Talthit's, uh idea. I think yeah. that that that's a smart way to move forward. So cheapening, like like some going of the tickets basically, like the way that opera and um, concerts work today, where certain artists you're just gonna pay more money to go see them, and then yeah. certain artists you just spend five bucks to go see. Sometimes you spend twenty bucks. Right. It's not the two hundred dollar ticket that you're gonna go see to go see Metallica. Or whoever it is, you're just gonna go see Joe Schmo, a local band, yeah. The coffee house for five bucks, like. Mm-hmm. And but sometimes Joe Schmo and the coffee house for five bucks is just what you want, yeah. And that and that and it's good, and sometimes it's better than the two hundred dollar thing. Mm-hmm. So, I think that that provides a lot of freedom, and I think, it it is hard to do that though, just with the way that we're, where we're at, with just the fact that you now have, sm- like fewer chain. Uh, theaters like we've seen Regal right, disappear. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, all we really have is like Cinemark and AMC, which I think Cinemark is a off of AMC. Yeah. Um, and then you have local theaters, and those are yep. the two that you have. And so I don't know. I don't know. I don't necessarily know the way forward for them to succeed in business, but I would love to see that. And he brought that up of just the fact that uh, companies need to let let theaters play old movies like right, let them watch exactly. classics like yes because i was i was talking to my coworkers about that today i'm like what's a movie that you want to see in theater because what what do you lose when you go to the, the when you go to the small screen and he brings that up in the article you lose the impact of sound of of the score Re- like there's a reason why like watching braveheart uh in the small screen it still impacts you but watching that in a theater with like all of the music and even mm-hmm. batman i don't know necessarily how that's going to play i haven't watched that at home but the music playing in the movie theater was a lot for me. Like I was like, "Oh, this is so cool!" And Dune, and so so many movies. Right. You get the spectacle of a huge screen of you're immersed, fully immersed. There's no f- thing blinking on your phone. Um, yeah. So you're losing a lot, and but I think it would be invaluable to be able to go back and go. Yeah. You know what? That's a movie I need to see in theater. Absolutely. And then go to the theater and go see it. Yeah, I would totally go see so many movies <laughs> that are older that are on my like they're on my watch list right now. Yeah. That I know they're movies that I need to see. Mm-hmm. But if they showed up in our local theater, hey, oh. we're watching <coughs> you know, we're watching Jaws. That was actually one that was shown at the Roxy Theater downtown here in Bremerton yeah. recently. This last summer. And uh did you see it? No, I didn't oh. go see it there. I've seen it already though. So yeah. it's not a good example of one I haven't seen. But it would be really cool to watch Jaws mm-hmm. in an actual theater. I'd love to go see like Jurassic Park in theater. Oh yeah. Like I never got to see Avatar in theater and that everybody mm. lost their minds over that. But yeah. I watch it today in, in the in the small screen. I'm like, what's the big deal? Uh, yeah. Like I don't get it. I wasn't there in the IMAX right. with the big three D glasses with the immersive Dolby sound around me. Yeah. With the audience like, <gasps> like and I think that's sharing I, that experience. Yeah, I think that's the way for a, a real big part of the way forward for movie theaters is that movie theaters have to realize that they live in a different world too. Yeah. And so however they operate, they need to operate differently than they mm-hmm. have in the past. They cannot rely on what's coming out this summer yeah. to actually float their budgets. Mm-hmm. They've got to figure out other ways to do it. And I think that the uh, there's a real opportunity now mm-hmm. for uh, 
local people. So, so one of my dreams, I think, would be that I would own a movie theater, That'd be cool. and that then I would be able to curate and run the whole thing, and create. Now, now the thing that the thing is is that, so we we go to a church, right? Yeah. Like so, every week, we have almost two hundred people who gather together to worship God together. Right now, that does not mean that all of them watch movies. But let's say there's 10% of those that watch movies. That's a community of 20 people who watch movies that if I had a theater and they have connections to me and they trust m- me as a local upstanding businessman, yeah, that they would show up to my theater. Mm-hmm. Right? Like so just because of just by virtue of it's local, it's my people, it's like they yeah. would just show up. So since we and that is built around a local community of people who are already engaged in one another's lives yeah and so i think that since what i'm saying about the broader culture our Mm -hmm. society just doesn't get together like we used to anywhere there's not really a bunch of public spaces where we come together then what are those smaller communities Mm -hmm. that and this can go to what is the school district and your school board meetings yeah to you know city you know your hoa or i mean like there's different you know venues of communities that actually have some kind of mm-hmm. something they're coming together around yeah and so if you have a movie theater that is able to tap into those local communities yeah. for different movie showings so for the school you are c- you connect with the local school and you give them discounted tickets for a movie field trip day or a history class or something, and they go watch them. You, you know, like, there would be ways that you could tap in to those local communities that are already meeting and try to get them to come to the theater. So I think it, there's a lot of creative ways that theaters could go about it. Yeah. Or that people who, if you have, if you happen to have a community of people, you know, you go to a church of 10,000 people, yeah. and you've got, you know, you've got connections, you've got options where then you have enough of like that critical mass to float a theater. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, though, yeah. you're going to get... I mean, you and I went and saw Dune mm-hmm. this winter. We went yeah. to the Roxy Theater downtown. There's only four of us in the theater. That was all. Yeah. yeah. Three of them. One of them was our friend, and then the other one was some random guy that was there, too. Yeah. For There's no way... It's a big theater. <laughs> ...that it was yeah. worth that for the theater to run. And so they're paying yeah. someone to be out in the foyer to do the concessions... I'm assuming the there. I'm assuming there's a projectionist, unless that person just ran her. up. It was yeah. just her. Okay, just so she ran up and started the movie. Yeah, so you've got one person who's being paid to run the, run everything. So that's one person's uh, pay that's being made. Our tickets weren't that expensive, no. so <laughs> we're not paying crazy amounts of money for these tickets. Yet they still have the theater open, and it's the theater I believe is funded by a foundation, so they they're not having to. Mm-hmm. get the same kind of profits that yeah, they're a historic theater. theater yeah but if they weren't the historic theater they'd be there's no way they'd be oh, yeah, running. they'd, be, they'd be closed down yeah because yeah, everybody goes to the theater down the road which is a uh, an individual theater it's not owned by a chain and they just go to that one yeah so it's just there there's it's just a very different landscape for movie distribution and movie watching right now yeah and uh I, so i think that communities can either either a community can support a thing like that by mm-hmm. we've got enough people who are going to be regularly using this that we can float the business or something like this foundation where someone cares and says, we want to make sure that this a patron, this piece of history is preserved. Yeah. In which case, like any movie theater period, forget the place. <laughs> and yeah. the fact that there is a movie theater might be a piece of history at some point yeah. <laughs> down the road. So 
you know, it's it's just there's different ways. I don't personally bemoan the fact that theaters are leaving. Like, no. I'll be sad if there was ever a day where I couldn't go to a theater. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, is technology is getting good enough that at least the experience of watching it mm-hmm. can be pretty similar yeah. at a pretty decent price. And yeah. then you've got it at home. Now, it's again, it's n- it's not the same thing. No. But in terms of, like, production quality and such, that y- you know, you're getting... You're getting much. You're getting you get. pretty good, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely, I think that that's definitely a good way to go about it and kind of go back to the best of what it was in terms of the fact that like it was a communal experience and if yeah. we're gonna go back to it, we gotta lean in hard to the good. Yeah. Like this is the good of it is that right. people need to be together. They need to be uh, like the benefits of ha- having a shared narrative as a people has always been present until really yeah, now. Right. As soon as a, a, a society, I mean, you can even see that with like with Russia, where's their cultural through line? They've lost most of it uh, in bits and pieces of their empire being moved and mm-hmm. all this stuff. And so they don't have like this national history that they can really grab onto because it's so divided. And but I think that that's kind of like where we're at in terms of you also had that benefit in the stories that we tell and the fact that like it used to like it's progressively got more and more individualized in terms of the stories that people know. So not everybody knows the same stories. Like it's getting becoming more sparse. Whereas like when you had a movie theater and you only had a set number of movies, well that those are the only stories that you can talk about. Right. But now you have like so many different series that are coming out, the serial oh, yeah. kinds of series, the the Moon Knights, and then you have like the limited series like that or like Mandalorian. But then you also have your like money heist and your weird like 32 episode series that show up on Netflix, your Great British Baking Show. You have all of these Boop, 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 all these different things. And not everybody's watching the same thing. And so you're creating these subcultures within yeah. your greater culture yep. that you kind of lose the the language yep. of where you can talk with each other in a cognitive way where your analogies aren't being understood by your neighbor. Right. Which yep. is crazy. Like how is how is that possible with you and your neighbor don't talk the same? Yeah. Like yep. it's because you don't know your neighbor anymore. And let alone know the same stories as your neighbor. Right. <laughs> like you, you don't talk to them. And when you sit down to watch something, there's not only three shows on. There are 3,000. Yeah. You're picking from whatever sounds interesting to you. Exactly. So and even the algorithm pushes you into a corner. Yeah. There's shows right. that you're like, oh, I didn't realize that was on Netflix. Because it's not in your algorithm. It doesn't pop yeah. up. But it's there. It'd be awesome if the algorithm just was like, hey, your neighbor's watching this. Watch this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it would it would be crazy. But I, don't, I don't know that you'd quite want that, but you know. I, I probably wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> if people work hard for their algorithms, do you know that? Like I was talking to people at work and they're like, Man, my, my sister got onto my Netflix and she just ruined Messed my algorithm. Thing. <laughs> so now all of his anime showing up in my, my algorithm. Oh, okay. And so I deleted my profile and I no started way. a new one. Oh wow, just I've even done this. Yeah. I've had to delete it and start a new one just because like I just didn't want to see the same things popping yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. It's That's just crazy how that works. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, well, this has been, you know, another episode of the Foxfire Farmhouse, and we're going to talk about movies and keep doing that uh, for a long time. As long as whole, we can. Yeah. I, I will definitely continue for my whole life, whether we record oh them yeah. and publish them for a podcast. Exactly. I don't <laughs> know about that. It will always be in my language. But movies <laughs> will always be something that uh, is a common shared I, I really think for, for movie theaters, maybe you're dead, mm-hmm. but storytelling is not. And digital media is not. Yeah. At least not yet. I mean, I don't know about digital media, but I know storytelling will be around forever. Yes. And therefore, 
there will always be a place for commentary like this. And right now, I love movies. And I will probably love them for my life. And we'll see where we can talk about them more, where we yeah. can get them made, hopefully. And, uh, yeah. you know, I just want to be a part of that kind of that kind of thing. Yeah. Telling stories, it's the greatest passion. Yeah. So if you've got if you've got a movie you want us to talk about or you have a comment or a question or a topic idea, send that to us. Podcast at foxfirefarmhouse.com. Mm-hmm. We'll queue it up for the next episode. Bye.